Welcome to Max Volume, where we deliver loud takes at soothing decibels. This is episode number 31, which is very exciting because it's very close to the hallowed number 32, which is my favorite NBA jersey. So, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, screw number 23 and Michael Jordan, whatever. And I know LeBron did it too, but that's just so typical. Like 32, you got Magic Johnson, greatest point guard of all time nine NBA finals trips. Is that nine? Yeah. And he's got five wins, magic showtime Lakers. Plus he's worth like $11 billion nowadays. So, I mean, he's, he's a role model before and after he was on the court. Shaq, who's the biggest human being ever. Seems like a lot of fun. I definitely want to hang out or party with Shaq. He's actually a decent DJ too, I think now. So I've never really listened to his stuff, but like he plays like the main stage at all these festivals. So I think he's got something. But Paris Hilton's played uh, main festivals, too. So maybe not. Maybe it's just a celebrity watching someone that giant on stage. Yeah, Kevin McHale, who I learned how to play basketball from watching. He had all those old school up and under, up fakes, kind of the old man game, uh, low post playing kind of stuff. Also, he looked like Frankenstein, which is kind of interesting. He's got those big old shoulders. He just looks like he should have bolts in his neck. Carl Malone's 32, mailman. Probably the most in shape dude in the NBA. And he, I love that he... Uh, if you notice all his posters, you see him dunking with like one leg out. And it looks cool. It looks like, you know, he's just, it's a style. But apparently he did it so no one would get in his way or take a charge. Because who wants to take a six foot nine, 270 pound man going full force with his knee ramming into your chest? You don't want that. So smart for Carl Malone and harsh for everyone else in the league. No wonder why he was so good. And Bill Walton, you know, the big fundamental. Well, actually, no, that's Tim Duncan. But he was a fundamental too. Uh, won a championship in Portland. And he would have been one of the all-time greats if he hadn't blown out both his knees and he had back issues too. But just a great old-school player. Dr. J, Julius Irving, uh, you know I mean? The coolest guy in the 70s, had the afro, was like the Michael Jordan dunker before Michael Jordan. I dunked from the free throw line and I think the ABA dunk contest. The blue, white, and red ball. Just the coolest guy on the planet. He was just a cool dude. You know, it's kind of weird, though, when he was in Philadelphia in the early 80s, he kind of looked nerdish. He kind of had, like, the Carl Winslow dad mustache and normal hair, and he looked a little bit old manish. Like, he definitely, he went from, like, the coolest guy to your dad really quickly. But uh, this has nothing to do with anything. It's just me uh, ranting about the number 32. Because I was wondering, like, why is it so popular? I mean, I guess it's aesthetically pleasing. It's fun to say, 32. Like, if you want to get announced, it's like, number 32. That, that feels good. But, uh, I mean, I, I guess I'm stalling because feeling a little sloggy today. Had to wake up at 8 a.m. to get the dogs groomed. And, you know, I have these big, furry, fluffball Newfoundlands. And it was 8 in the morning, and they asked me, like, how do you want them cut? I'm like, just make them cool and comfortable. And, I, and uh, they're like, okay, we'll shave their belly and a few other things. I'm like, okay, sounds good. And it didn't sound that dramatic. When I saw them when I came back, they lost, like, probably 35, 40 pounds of hair. They used to have like the back of their legs used to look like MC hammer pants. You know I mean? Those big puffy parachute pants. Now they look like they're ballerinas. You know, they got these like beautiful dancers legs, which is cool. And they look uh, comfy and their heads look gigantic, like basketballs. They look like candy apples. You know what I mean? Like they're just these giant mounds of head on this thin body. And it's just, it just shocked me. And I think they were shocked too. Like they had a weird time sitting down. They kept looking at me like, what happened? What, what, where'd the rest of me go? Because I've never really cut them this short. But I mean, they'll thank me when we take our classic 45, 15 minute walks and you know, they, they can keep going because they're not covered in a fur coat. 
So, so it, it's good stuff. Just waking up that early and then going back to sleep, I end up dreaming kind of weird. I'm not sure what I dreamed about, but I, I didn't wake up like pleased. I was like, what did I dream about? That was upsetting. Maybe it's because I watched a bunch of the uh, German show Dark last night. And it's on season three. It's this time travel show. It's this really sad German town where everything's connected. Everyone's either dying or being murdered. And time kind of folds in on itself. It's like Schlondinger's cat theory. You know, like there's a cat dying in a box. And if you, the second you open the box, you officially create the either dead cat or live cat. But until that point, there's two separate cats in that box. I mean, it's like mind blowing, uh, like time entangle time entanglement kind of stuff that it's way too complicated for a tv show but it's fun and you know they do that they do this really good they do like a musical kind of overview at the end of each episode for like three four minutes that's always awesome the song yesterday was the m83 remix of the block party song pioneers which if you haven't heard it that song is just fantastic and it's just weird and creepy and sometimes music and like one scene in a show is worth watching the whole episode it's like 50 minutes of looking through german subtitles just to get to that three or four minutes where everything kind of clicks and makes sense and you're like in- intense about it so i'm gonna watch the last two tonight and i'll probably it'll finally make sense i mean i think i'm just frustrated because this show is confusing i don't know who I'll, there's different age groups of the same character like there's me at age 20 and there's me at age 50 talking to me at age 12 because there's three different timelines and you know everything is connected and maybe you just, i just feel stupid right now when i'm watching it maybe when i finally understand it at the end or maybe i'll feel stupider when it's over and it'll be like a twin peaks where i don't know what was going on but we'll see i mean i'll finish it tonight and then after that i'll probably rip through another stand-up comedian set i've been just listening to one stand-up comedian tonight on Spotify and trying to pick up on timing, rhythm, and sometimes see what, like what's funny, what makes me laugh. And sometimes it's just a little yeah, sometimes it's just the hilarity of the topic. Like John Mulaney has this one skit about the best meal he ever had. He uh he went to a restaurant and just played Tom Jones What's New Pussycat 21 times on the jukebox and didn't say anything. And he's describing it like play by play. And it's just it's just, I mean, just a, it's a great premise. You can just feel yourself at the table with him giggling as an 11 year old, you know, as everyone kind of realizes what's going on. So sometimes just the premise is so good that, you know, you can make people laugh. Other times tonality and uh, timing, like Mike Burbilgia, I think that's his name. He's talking about uh, his girlfriend, that he, his longtime girlfriend, and he kind of gets the audience to like her. And he described a story where he cheats on her and everyone's like, oh no. And he goes, I know, in this like sad voice, like it's, he's like removed from the situation. And just, just that little tone and also like he waited for the sad voices to kind of dial down and it just made everyone roar in laughter. So I'm gonna try to sprinkle some of that knowledge into my banter. And what am I gonna banter about today? I'm gonna do the unsung hero of the cartoon world. Uh, this is my favorite cartoon. I watch it every Monday. And everyone says it's a knockoff of Family Guy, but it's not. I feel like it's its own unique entity, and it really is. And I will, I will explain why. And this is uh, my thoughts on American Dad, Seth MacFarlane's own. Who, yes, he created American Dad, but I mean, and he created Family Guy. But American Dad is really its own kind of vehicle because it's much weirder. It's a lot grosser. They take a lot more risks. There's a lot more randomness. There's awkward, like generation, generationally unique voices. 
There's no cutaway gags like Family Guy. I mean, that's kind of the Family Guy, you know, go-to. And it's been around, I don't know if anyone realizes this, it's been around 17 seasons. And it's got two more in the pipeline. And I think a lot of people got confused because after 12 seasons, Fox uh, didn't pick it up and TBS has been running it the last five seasons. But it's still there and still just as good. And so, I mean, if you haven't seen it before, it's kind of one of those typical family comedian drama, I mean, uh, what's it called? Uh, cartoon dramas, not dramas, cartoon comedies about a family. Uh, Stan Smith is a central character. He's a CIA agent, kind of like mid-level. And he's stubborn and he's, you know, kind of overly masculine and is wrong a lot, but he refuses to be long. Wrong? Jesus Christ, what am I? Refuses to be wrong. There we go. God. Uh, he's married to Francine, who's this blonde, former partier, kind of ditzy blonde. They have two kids, Steve, who's kind of a nerd and, you know, like Dungeons and Dragons, AV Club, really good singer. He's kind of a hornball, has a crush on a bunch of girls, but really can't do anything about it. And Haley's the older sister. She's just a stoner, you know, and a kind of a political activist in a stoner kind of way. And she's married to the dumbest guy on the show named Jeff Fisher, Fisher, who's actually played by, uh, who's voiced by a guy named Jeff Fisher. So I think they just found that funny. And I find it funny. And he looks exactly, apparently Jeff, he wears this kind of bucket like Gilligan's hat and has blonde hair and a little goatee. And that's exactly what the guy who voices him sounds like. So fantastic. Uh, we have a pet fish named Klaus, who's a Ger an East German skier who they put into the body of a fish during like the Olympics. And now he's just a German fish that talks. And of course they got Roger the alien. They have an alien because he's the CIA connection with Stan. I think he rescued him from the CIA. And Roger really makes the show because he can put on different outfits, different characters. He kind of, he can be whoever he wants to be. You know, he's in one episode, he's an Indiana Jones kind of adventurer. In the next one, he's the worst guy in town who's kind of running a, uh, underground drug uh, cartel so it's like it could be whatever whatever the show needs him to be so it kind of allows the show to flex and fun fact i have roger uh dressed as a woman in a bikini in a pink jeep wrangler tattooed on my uh left thigh and that's with left shark from the super bowl like four years ago stewie griffin and peppermint butler from adventure time i don't know i don't know this is probably the most random tattoo i don't know what i was thinking when i got it but it's very colorful and I really enjoy it. One day I hope I own a Jeep Wrangler that's pink, you know, just a Barbie Jeep. And I'll just play Barbie girl the entire time. So, I mean, Roger, like to get into his other characters, once he's playing a dictator in uh, the banana on a banana Republic and he's, you know, just commanding and saying ridiculous things. One, one episode, he's a bond villain. Sometimes he's a jerky city council member who's sticking it to Stan and I mean, they even had one episode where they took a hundred of his characters and they all kind of like meshed together and fought against the real Roger. Like his characters actually came to life. So the show, show is like oddly okay with lengthy, almost unbearable scenes. They have characters kind of like charging each other. Like let's say uh, Stan and Roger are going to fight. They just start running and screaming at each other. Rather than that being a two, three second interaction, they string it out for like 30, 40 seconds. And it just gets funnier and funnier as they stick, as they keep going longer and longer. Uh, once uh, Stan had a dog that died and he tried to bring it back and it came back as kind of a Cronenberg weird dog. And it looked, I mean, it was disgusting to look at. And it's like, they don't do that in normal TV, just weird stuff that kind of grosses you out. Like the dog came back as basically a zombie. 
or they did an entire episode that was based on the 1970s David Bowie movie, Labyrinth. I hadn't seen it before, but it seems wild. Definitely need to check that out. It seems like a lot of, a lot of like Muppets on acid kind of thing. It seems like just weird creatures and David Bowie and some uh, wigs and all. And I mean, even in another episode, uh, Stan gets beat up by a Greek bully from his past named Stelios. And for like six minutes, the bully just beats him up in weird and obscure ways. And Stelios brings his own uh, theme music. That's kind of this operatic music. And it's like, it's really good actually listening to it. It's just his name over and over again, but kind of in this opera kind of vibe. So, I mean, the show, the show has its own vibe. I mean, just from listing these things off, it's just like that. Nothing else sounds like that or feels like that. Maybe Rick and Morty now, but Rick and Morty is more highbrow intelligent about the plot. This is more your general 1990s step-by-step family matters kind of families figuring things out and learning stuff in a 30 minute block, but they just put so much ridiculous stuff in there and make fun of everything and do so much pop culture referencing that it makes it a unique and fun experience that I love. I mean, every Monday when I watch it, I'm just excited. And like three out of four of the episodes are just so unique and so out there that I haven't seen anything like it before. Like they have weirdly violent deaths. And this this show is on cable. Like Roger uh, once is a dirty cop and he elbows a guy from like 20 feet, uh, like 20 feet above the guy. And he hits the guy in the head and the guy's head explodes like it's made of marshmallows and jam. And like his eyes squirt out and his brains go everywhere. And they show it like 10 different times from 10 different angles. And it's just by the fifth time, you're just laughing so hard because you're like, why would anyone, why would this happen? <laughs> and uh, why would they show it over and over? And even Roger at the end, he's like, oh, that was unexpected. <laughs> or uh, someone in another episode gets stuck in an escalator and their skin gets ripped from their entire body. And then everyone's like, oh my God. And it's just shocking. It's like, and it has nothing to do with the plot. They just do it for no reason. Or one of Stan's therapists puts his mouth on a leaf blower and they just kind of explode him up and he just pops like a balloon. And it's like, oh my God, like why do that? And the question is, why not? You know I mean? They're pushing the limits and it's just fun to watch. And it's not just about the family. There's just insanely deep bench of characters. Like Stan's boss is Avery Bullock who runs the uh, CIA and it's played by Patrick Stewart, who, if you don't know, is Captain Picard from Star Trek and also uh, Professor X from X-Men. So he's like a actor with some serious gravitas and really does kind of funny, silly stuff. And he's just doing his very kind of theater, you know, English accent stuff, but he's doing funny, silly, irrational things. And he's very kind of childish and immature. So hearing someone of that caliber kind of lower themselves to lowbrow stuff is always really fun. Uh, Forrest Whitaker plays a recurring security cop for a spa who's like dedicated to figuring out crimes based on spa-related crimes. It's like so random and specific. And they get random cool characters. Alan Iverson comes in for one episode for no reason. The Weeknd, the singer, uh, has a full episode about him and how he's actually a virgin who uh, is saving himself for marriage. So that was a fun little wrinkle. They got Hulk Hogan coming in and like influencing Stan to act like a professional wrestler. CeeLo Green has this musical episode where it's like Little Shop of Horrors, but instead of uh, killer plants, it's uh, killer hot tubs. So that was really fun. And there's lots and lots of dream sequences. There's music videos. They just, they don't care if they're on topic or not. They're just going to go for what's funny. And that's what I like. I mean, I don't, I don't like staying on one topic. I just want to see what's funny. And if you veer to the left for a solid five minutes, you have my attention. I think, I mean, I hate to reference Family Guy, 
as another one because I'm saying they're not the same. But Family Guy, I think in the first season, there's one episode where Peter got a job or got some good news and he ran home and he falls a couple feet from his house and he hits his knee. And for a solid like 30 seconds, he's just holding his knee going, just over and over again and it just keeps getting funnier as the as he just keeps grabbing it i don't know what that is there's I, there's gotta be a name for that comedy it's probably like absurdist or i don't know it's like i mean is it what's the guy that jim carrey played in that movie man on the moon andy kaufman is it like Andy like kaufman-esque humor where it's like it just keeps going and it just the it's the more awkward it gets the funnier it gets I mean, sometimes like they'll say the word hello to each other, just two characters, and they'll stretch it out into a one, two minute bit on just them uniquely saying hello to each other. Like, how does that, how does that get past? I mean, these people are being paid multiple million dollars, you know, to create this thing and they have advertisers and they have a lot of responsibility and they show it to someone and they're like, we're just going to say hello to each other for two minutes. That's awesome. That's a, that's what, that's what art is about, you know, pushing the limits and showing that you don't have to be a conventional cookie cutter medical procedural or a law and order spinoff to be successful. You can be weird. We like weird. I like weird at least. And I mean, I'm a guy ranting into a microphone seven o'clock at night with uh, pastel fingernails and yeah. And about 300 tattoos of just cartoon stuff. So (laughs) maybe I'm not the best judge of that, but I mean, Adult Swim and a Cartoon Network exists for a reason. People want this stuff. And I think American Dad does the best version of that. And they rip off movies uh, like for an entire episode too, or pop culture stuff. They had one episode where it was like an aliens kind of spaceship, horror spaceship episode, like sci-fi horror, which was really fun. And they're just making fun of it. They did a whole episode based on Runaway Bride, the Julia Roberts movie, but with Roger and Drag as Julia Roberts with that like classic curly red hair. That was really fun. There was like a sideways wine tasting tour movie spinoff gone horribly wrong where Roger ends up burying someone alive, I think, at some point. And there's been a couple of James Bond mock episodes where Roger's playing a Bond villain named Tearjerker. And his his like master plan is to make everyone so sad by making like the world's saddest movie that he can just take over the world or something. It's just something silly like that. Or my favorite one is uh, there's a Mad Max level uh, of Jesus returning to earth. And it's a battle between heaven and hell in this like heavy metal post-apocalyptic world. And it's just really cool and funky and strange and just kind of badass. And they make the devil this really awkward bizarro guy. Like he's bizarre. Like, you know, there's bizarro Superman who's kind of the weird offset of Superman in every single way. So this is the way they picture Satan. Like, He's wearing this outfit with upside down red crosses and he's like, he looks like Jesus, but opposite. And it's just very strange. It's the strangest, it's the strangest way I've seen Satan portrayed. Just kind of a goofy Riddler kind of thin, uh, crafty, psychotic uh, killer. And I just thought that was fun. And I mean, like Steve and his three friends have a lot of the uh, plot lines too. Uh, His friends are Snot, Toshi and Barry. And they kind of have a standby me like vibe to them. They always kind of go on adventures and like learn about each other. And, you know, like it's the like middle school teenager. They're not sure what they're doing. And I mean, Snot is played by, I think he's played by one of the guys from Revenge of the Nerds. Toshi doesn't speak English. So he has subtitles around him and it's always, they think he's saying something different than he actually is. So that's kind of funny, the lost in translation vibe. 
And Barry is a big old fat kid who seems stupid, but he's actually like a serial killer deep down that they bring it out once every like 10, 15 episodes when he gets off his pills. So that's always fun. But I mean, the main guy that makes the show unique is Roger because very few uh, cartoons have a guy that can do whatever, be whoever. And also is just the worst, I don't want to say human being because he's not, but like the worst personality he's just a hypersensitive lazy scheming sex crazed and it's gender fluid you know he doesn't mind being guys or girls and he seems to be attracted to everyone and he's four foot three and he's just a great blob of a creature and he doesn't even have a nose like everyone else on the show has a nose and no one seems to care that he doesn't have a nose there and that he's also like gray with a giant head and <laughs> like clearly looks like an alien even in drag but uh, there's actually one episode where he steals Kevin Bacon's nose and he, everyone thinks he, he is Kevin Bacon. So he kind of does crimes as Kevin Bacon. So, I mean, they just, they run with everything. They're just like, well, well that's funny. I, just, I can picture the writer's room where they're like, what well, would be funny? Like, oh, Roger doesn't have a nose. Whose nose is very recognizable? I don't know, Kevin Bacon. Okay, cool. Let's make him Kevin Bacon. And he just takes Kevin Bacon's life over and does like the footloose dance and, you know, drives Ferraris and just uh, slanders Kevin Bacon's name. They're like, all right, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> like that sounds like a writer's room. I want to be in. I want to, I'm curious what writer's rooms are like in general. I mean, all I've seen, I've seen the South Park show where they show how they make that show in like a week. And that just sounds like fun. But those guys are on another level of talent and weirdness. I mean, they're just so gifted and just so easily like they can turn it on and just create an episode. It's just, I don't think that's how it normally works, <laughs> but I'd love to see like a family guy writer's room or an American dad writer's room. Like, so how does Seth MacFarlane do this stuff? So maybe there's something out there. I'll look on YouTube. I'm sure there's something at this point. There's something about everything I could look up. Like I want to see Natalie Portman's left big toe. Uh, man, I'm not good at improv. <laughs> Natalie Portman's left big toe doing the can can in a rap music video and i'm sure there's like something someone spliced it in somewhere so i'll look that up afterwards we'll see and like i said it's an unexpected vibe throughout this series you know uh roger can be like a cary grant 1950s g golly movie star or like a bank heisting getaway driver hustling pool and he's always really confident but he's also <laughs> he's quick to failure and quick to loss and he just gives up a lot so it's just fun to see someone who's like an ex seemingly an expert in something. And then he just gets called out and he's like, ah, oh, you're right. I can't do it. And I mean, I don't know, just, I think this show is an addiction that everyone should have at some point. And I know that sounds, actually you don't want to have an addiction, but I think you'll, I think you'll like it and let it, it'll grow on you. Cause it's got this unique niche to it. I don't, I can't compare it to really anything else out there. It fits it. It's uh, it fits a certain need for me, and I don't know. It just makes me laugh hard every day, and like once in a while, random uh, major characters will die with no consequences. Like they'll die, and they'll come back two, three episodes later, or someone will get shipped off on a alien spaceship and come back, you know, three months later with no repercussions. And I mean, there's just silly stuff. I mean, like there's one episode where Roger is a limo driver and he gets stiffed on a bill from five frat guys over like twenty bucks. So he goes to kill all five frat guys, just run them over with his car. And Klaus is in the car with him. He's like, how could you kill five people over $20? And <laughs> Roger looks at him like dead in the face. He goes, you're asking the same guy who killed six people last week over $19? And Klaus pauses and he's like, oh yeah, just little stuff like that. 
Or uh, my favorite line from Roger, too, is he's like, why does Garfield hate Mondays? He doesn't even work, and he's just upset about it. All right? that, I like the attention to detail of the nothingness because I'm a man who likes nothingness. You know what I mean? Like, just I'll observe your daily life and see what's going on and see if you see if you can find some humor and some fun in the everyday. So that's what American Dad does for me, and I think it should do it for you. So go watch it. And I'm going to go watch Dark right now and have a philosophical break from reality because time travel and everything being connected is like the opposite of American Dad. So wish me luck. Bye.